exclusive on the production. Your experience just got serious. I don't like starting on shows like this, but let me say this. Five people's actions shouldn't speak for a community, a race, or a profession. There's a bunch of people that do public servant work that follow the rules and decorum of what it takes to hold such positions. With that being said, Friday night, we all watched the video of Tyree Nichols in the Memphis Police Department. And personally, it made me sick to my stomach. Can you imagine being pulled over and instead of an officer asking for your license, registration and proof of insurance because they suspected you were driving recklessly? They pull up on demon time. Can you imagine having to run away from law enforcement because you was fearing for your life? Can you imagine that that run will ultimately cost you your life? Imagine having your hands cuffed behind your back and having an officer who swore to protect and serve the community. People like Tyree landing punch after punch to your unprotected face. Imagine having a baton shoved in your stomach. Being prepper sprayed and kicked like you was a kickball. And there was nothing you can do about it. But take it and let the effects of a senseless, cowardly beating begin to take its place. Life today is scary. Stuff like this make you not want to drive to the store. It makes you cautious of driving in the wrong neighborhood because you made a left when you were supposed to make a right. It makes you document things that you may have never documented before just because of what could transpire. And it makes you skeptical of those you count on in your time of need. Every time an African-American is involved in a controversial death at the hands of another race, we are so quick to want to yell for justice and equality. But when are we going to start taking accountability for black on black crime? When are we going to start holding our own communities accountable when we do some fucked up shit like this? This is why they don't take us serious now. All we do as a race is blow hot air about change. This is why they don't take us serious when we have positions of power. We always find a way to abuse it. If we as a community want to be taken seriously, we have to start holding ourselves accountable. To Darius Bean... Demetrius Haley, Justin Smith, Emmett Martin, Desmond Mills Jr. Y'all just set us back a hundred years, more so than what we do on a day-to-day basis. They already think we fools when we shoot up people for looking at us funny or making abrupt stops in our car when we're trying to avoid pedestrians walking. Now they're going to say, We can't handle power in the streets y'all was supposed to protect. 
prayers to the Memphis community, to the friends and the family of Tyree Nichols and to the African-American community as a whole. Rest in peace, Mr. Nichols. I'm sorry you had to go through this. And it's sad that your death is going to cause change that should have taken place years ago. Moment of silence for Mr. Nichols. Season two. two. Yes. Sorry, I had to come with the the sad energy to begin the episode, but I felt like it needed to be talked about. Stuff like that is scary, man really makes you really contemplate just doing the basic simple things because you just don't know what type of time anybody's going to be on and that's scary that's scary indeed man welcome to episode number 15 of 10 on the clock i'm tyrone smith wrong to exclusive hustle bandit sneaker bandit four point island lock them up wrong daytona 360 alive and in the flesh and Basketball was the least of my concerns after Friday. I mean, I put together the episode, yeah, but it it just it nothing nothing seemed right watching that whole thing and just it 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 really it really did something to me, man. It really all I can say is, man, just be be careful. If you out, be careful. Don't don't provoke a situation that doesn't need to be provoked. Watch where you going. Make sure you make all the proper moves. If if you make make sure you legal, like just do all the necessary things where you ain't got to worry about what type of time anybody else has got to be on. It's, It's already bad enough as a as a community. We got to worry about us hurting each other. You know what I mean? It it makes it 20 times worse when we got to worry about your own people. And you got to worry about those who protect and serve the community doing physical harm to you as well. So whatever you got to do, just make sure that you're doing it. And just be safe out here, man. This world... (laughs) This world is a scary place. It's a scary place indeed. Now, with all that being said, let's start this episode. And I'm starting this week's episode off with locks of the week because I was trash last week. I don't remember what my record was last week, but I don't think it was good. 
but I redeemed myself this week. I went eight and three in my prediction of NBA games. That gives me a record of 75 and 48. I will be picking the games on February the 5th of 2023. Now, what's interesting about this day is February the 5th of 2020, I want to say. I can't remember the exact. I think the Pistons played the Suns. It was Andre Drummond's last game as a Piston, and they traded him to the Cavaliers. I can't remember exactly what year. I want to say that was 2020. I, I'm not sure, but that did that this particular day holds special because I watched Andre Drummond play his last game. And him and DeAndre Aiden was battling that game. It was a good game to watch. Pistons Suns, good game to watch. Now this game, now this day features a six-game slate. So let's go ahead and pick these games. First off, we're going to start off with my lock of the night. And we're going to start off with the Magic defeat in the Hornets. And my upset special, you can give me the Pacers over the Cavs. In the game of the night, give me the Sixers over the Knicks. I got the Grizzlies to defeat the Raptors. The Nuggets over the Timberwolves. And give me the Sacramento Kings to defeat the Pelicans. Those are my games. Let's get into what the numbers looking like. Another week down. Another week of ridiculous NBA 2K type numbers. Let's start off with Monday. Jalen Green put up 42 points. Shot 15 for 25 from the field, 6 of 12 from 3, and 6 of 10 from the foul line. You have four other players put up at least 30, led by Damian Lillard, who put up 37. Boyan Bogdanovich put up 33. Anthony Edwards put up 31. And D'Angelo Russell put up 30. Shout out to the Timberwolves. It looks like they finally starting to find their stride, and they finding it without Carl Anthony Towns. Tuesday. LeBron James put up 46 points, shot 16 for 29 from the field, 9 of 14 from 3, and 5 of 5 from the foul line. You had six other players put up at least 30, led by Luka Doncic, who put up 41. Julius Randle put up 36. DeMar DeRozan put up 33. Jason Tatum put up 31. Kyle Kuzma and Bam Adebayo each put up 30. Wednesday Snowstorm in Detroit How fun it was Damian Lillard put up 60 points Shot 21 for 29 from the field 9 for 15 for 3 And 9 to 10 from the foul line You had 8 other players put up at least 30 Led by Anthony Edwards with 37 Shea Gilders Alexander had 36 Steph Curry had 34 Trey, Giannis, and Kyle Kuzma each had 33. Seth Curry had 32. And Kyrie Irving put up 30. Thursday. Kyrie Irving put up 40 points. Shot 14 for 27 from the field. 6 is 12 from 3. 6 is 7 from the foul line. Four other players put up at least 30. 
led by Julius Randle, who put up 37. Spencer Dinwiddie put up 36. Paul George and Jason Tatum each put up 35. Friday! Giannis Antetokounmpo put up 41. Shot 16 for 29 from the field. 2 of 7 from 3. 7 of 18 from the line. Three other players had at least 30. Shea and Steph had 35. Darius Garland had 31. Saturday was that day. Joel and B put up 47 points, shot 18 for 31 from the field, 4 or 7 from 3, 7 to 10 from the foul line. He also added 18 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks against my favorite for MVP, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. 14 other players scored at least 30 Saturday, led by LeBron with 41, and we'll talk about him a little later. Jalen Brown had 37. Spencer Dinwiddie had 35. Anthony Edwards and Keldon Johnson each had 34. DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard, Zach Levine, and Kyrie Irving each had 32. Chris Paul and Trey Young each had 31. And Jeremy Shohan, Dane, and Jason Tatum had 30. And Sunday, Giannis put up 50. Shot 20 for 26 from the field, 3 or 4 from 3, 7 to 12 from the foul line. Added 13 rebounds and 4 assists. And one other player Sunday put up at least 30. And that was Terry Rozier who put up 31 in the Hornets' victory over the Heat. Those were the numbers. Let's get into the meat of the episode. In the NBA second trade of the season, the first one wasn't really nothing to talk about because it involved Noah Vonley and somebody else. I don't remember. But in the more significant trade of the season, of course, it involves the Lakers. And it involves Rui Hachimura being traded to the Washington Wizards for Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks. Now, here's the irony. The Wizards are undefeated since they traded for Kendrick Nunn and the Lakers are one in three since they traded for Hachimura. But the plan in LA is to sign Hachimura to a contract extension once free agency starts in the summer. Now, I like the trade for the Lakers considering that they needed all the type of help that they could possibly get. And Kendrick Nunn wasn't playing his best basketball. It looks like he was still trying to recover from the injury that sidelined him for the whole season. This could be an opportunity for none, though. You look at the point guard position in Washington. Yes, you have Monty Morris. You have Goodwin. You have DeLon Wright. But I I like the opportunities that none is going to have offensively now that LeBron James isn't on his team. I think he'll be able to get the ball more, be able to create a little more with the Wizards compared to what he could with the Lakers. And the pressure isn't there. In L.A., none was required to be that big piece for the Lakers to get over the top. In Washington, right now, they're still in the play-in hunt. All he got to do is just play ball and get the Wizards in the play-in. There's no real big expectations for the Wizards to win the championship at this particular moment. I think it's a solid trade for both teams. If I had to give it to somebody, I slightly give the edge to L.A. Just because it's a lot of guards 
over in Washington, but I feel that Nug could possibly play his way into some rotation minutes and be a solid piece for the Wizards going forward. Now let's talk about the Lakers Celtics game Saturday night. They lost in overtime, yes. But it was a possibility of the Lakers winning the game when LeBron James drove the ball to the lane and a no call took place and he wasn't given the foul in which LeBron went wild. I never, never seen LeBron act like that. And all the complaining that he do to the refs, I never seen LeBron act in such a way that he acted. Now, I hate when people want to say, oh, well, he just has a passion for the game and he just felt hosed and this is like the second time that that the Lakers been hosed by cause. That does not matter. There's still a way of acting professional on the basketball court. Jumping up and down, wailing your arms on the ground, just doing all this extra stuff that like a three-year-old would do when they didn't get candy or when they wanted chips and they couldn't get chips, or they was told to lay down and they didn't want to lay down and they got popped and they was doing all this extra stuff. That's what he did. There's no there's no doubt that LeBron is an all-time great. Some may say he's the greatest of all time. Some may say he's 1B. Some may say he's second. Some may not have him in his top in their top five. Some may not have him in, in their top ten. It's a love hate re- relationship with LeBron, just like it was a love hate relationship with Jordan. But at the same time, when I look at this, when you think of NBA basketball and when you think of impact that players have, LeBron has probably the biggest impact of NBA players out there. Him and maybe Steph Curry. So Steph Curry tossing the mouthpiece, that wasn't a good lick either. And what's up with Steph and mouthpieces? He always getting fined for tossing the mouthpiece. Neither here nor there. So to watch LeBron act like that, you call it passion, I call it immaturity. And like you 38, like, come on, man, you 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 know better. And all the other times that you don't get calls, you don't do all the flailing and doing all do all the extra stuff that you was doing. You go talk to the ref and complain or do whatever the case may be, talk to him, whatever, whatever. I think I think I read somewhere a ref said that you're very respectful when you do talk to the ref. So why not take that opportunity to do the same thing? Me personally, when I looked at it, I think it was an eye for an eye because he traveled going to the lane. He traveled on the drive. He took like four steps. And then he got fouled. So I think it was just like a, it was just like a, hey, balance yourself out. He traveled. JT fouled him. Neither here nor there. Let's play overtime. That's how I look at it. But Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly took the camera and showed it to the ref. Look, it's funny, yes, but Patty, like. What's up with all the immature stuff? And that moment right there could possibly cost the Lakers that game. Yes, they was deflated by the non-foul call, but you you giving Boston a one-point lead going into the overtime game. You going into overtime. Just that whole sequence. Yes, the no call, yes, that made me mad, but just the reaction to it. 
passion. No, you could call it passion. I just, I just felt like it was over the top, just doing a little, a little too much. That, and that's just in my personal opinion, my personal opinion. But let's not overlook the fact that the Lakers, at one point in the fourth quarter, had a seven-point lead. So they had opportunities to win the game, to not put it in the refs' hands to make calls at the end of the game. They had a seven-point lead at one point. They could have finished the job and didn't finish the job. Patrick Beverly fouled Jalen Brown, giving him an and one opportunity to tie the game with seconds left. The Lakers, they, they, they get into these games and they don't know how to finish because they have to spend so much of their energy getting back into these games that things like this always happen. But it is what it is. I just hope that next time, hopefully there's not a next time, but in the event that next something like this happens again, that all parties involved can handle it a little better. And let's go ahead. Let's end off the show talking about the all-star starters. They were announced. LeBron and Giannis are going to be the captains for East and West or Team LeBron, Team Giannis. And the starters for the Eastern Conference are Giannis himself, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Donovan Mitchell. Now, the obvious omission from that starting lineup is Joel Embiid, who averaged about 34, 10, 4, a steal, and a little under two blocks. And this is why I think that fan involvement in voting should go down. Apparently, it's 50% fan vote, 25 players, 25 media. I think that needs to be changed a little bit. I think it needs to be 50% players, 25% media, 25% fans. Because stuff like this happened. Kevin Durant didn't really hasn't really played a lot this season. Joel Embiid has been a little more consistent in terms of playing. So there's no way that Kevin Durant should be a starter over Joel Embiid. For the West, you got Braun, you got Zion. Luka, Steph, and Jokic. Now, for me, in the West, I would have had Demontis Sabonis in over Zion. I understand that Zion is putting up about 26 points a game, shooting 60% from the field, but he's only played in 26 of the Pelican games. Sabonis has led the Kings to a surprising third seed in the Western Conference, putting up 15, 12, and 7. And he's doing this playing with a broken thumb, which is that, which is that more impressive. This is why I feel that players, media, and then fans, that's how I should go. Because we all know popularity has Zion as a starter. But when you look at the quality of the games, Demonis Sabonis should definitely be a starter for the Western Conference. Another player that I felt got hosed is John Morant. I personally would have put John Morant as a starter over Steph Curry. Now, we all understand why Steph is a starter, yes. But Ja has Memphis as one of the top teams in the West. I think they're second, second in the West right now. Golden State fighting for a play-in position right now. They might be right above that line as we speak right now, but they're fighting in between that above the line and play-in game. Memphis is right at the top. I would have put Giant over Steph Curry. Not to take away from Steph, though. Great numbers, great season, but 
but I feel Ja has had the, the better impact so far this season. The reserves are going to feature two guards, three forwards, and two wild cards. And for me, my reserves are the following. In the backcourt, I got Jalen Brunson, and I have James Harden. Initially, I had Darius Garland, but I'm going to go with James Harden over Darius Garland. In the front court, I got Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, and Jalen Brown. And as my wild cards, I have Tyrese Halliburton and Pascal Siakam. A lot of people will say Bam, but Pascal is having a better season than what Bam is having right now. Tyrese Halliburton is averaging a double-double with points and assists, so I can't I can't overlook that. A lot of people will maybe say Trey Young, but I just think Halliburton numbers are a little better, so I'm gonna put Halliburton in over Trey Young. For the West, in the backcourt, I got John Morant and De'Aaron Fox. Front court, I got Sabonis, Marketing, and Paul George. And my wild cards are Shea Gilders and Damian Lillard. Now, the Paul George one is contingent on what you see Anthony Edwards as. If you see Anthony Edwards as a forward, I will put Anthony Edwards in over Paul George. But if you see Anthony Edwards as a guard, I don't see him getting in over Ja, De'Aaron, Shea, or Dan. So I'm going to classify Anthony Edwards as a forward, and I'm going to put Anthony Edwards in over Paul George because just like I'm I'm critiquing Zion for missing games, I have to critique Paul George because he's missed a lot of games as well. So I'm going to put Anthony Edwards in over Paul George. So my West reserves are Ja and De'Aaron, Sabonis, Marketing Edwards, Shea, and Dan. Those are my East and West reserves and once again shout out to miles turner for signing contract extension pretty much all but killing a offseason a trade to the lakers at least this year now and no telling what's gonna happen in the summer but at least for this season he's off the market and that is the episode i appreciate y'all rocking out with me Shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies for snapping their five-game losing streak by beating the Pacers Sunday. Shout out to the Hornets for winning four of their last six games, beating the Miami Heat 122-117 Sunday. Great, great, great week of basketball, all things considered. I'm Tyrone Smith. Wrong to exclusive hustle band, sneaker band, four-point Lock them up wrong. Daytona 360 signing out, and I will holler at y'all next week. Peace.